What is up, guys? This is another episode of Real Talk where we talk about today's issues through God's Word. I'm your host, Freddie Hart, and I'm here with my host. And so, as we all know, times are different, and so we still wanted to bring you guys valuable content. And so, instead of postponing and not necessarily meeting in person, we wanted to do it through the technology that God has given us. And so, we are on a Zoom meeting right now, but we figured and we understood that this is an important time, especially if we live by what we call the Real Talk podcast, where we talk about today's issues through God's word. And if you're anybody who's been reading the newspaper, who's been a part of social media, you understand that there are a lot of issues going on in today's world. And so I kind of just wanted to let you guys hear our personal experiences. And then we're going to talk about tips that we'll give people in times like these. And at the end of the day, we're also going to talk about how to show the love of God during times like these, because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. As you know, when it comes to racism, police brutality, there's so many things going on. And so I wanted you to hear our viewpoints, but I also want you to understand that we have to show the love of God in all of it. So I'm going to let Gideon go first, and then I'm going to go, and then we'll kind of just have a standard conversation like we do every single episode. So tell me a little bit about your personal experience. So seventh grade, um, just finished PE, and uh, I was the last one into the, to the locker room. And everybody's on top of the lockers beating on them. And I'm looking up at everybody. And one kid jumps up on the locker and uh, points at me and calls me the N-word. And in a split second, I made a decision to um, – I could have made a decision to walk out to be a big, the bigger man and uh, but I decided to fight him. So I, wa- I ran around the lockers. He jumped down. He started fighting, and uh, I got in big trouble because I ended up hurting him pretty bad. Uh, that was one of the stories that I had. Another thing that's happened to me uh, was when I was in elementary school. Uh, I remember going to one of my friends' house all the time. And every time I came over to his house, it was never an issue. My mom was to say, hey, you're, you're okay to go. Talk to his mom. It was okay. It was never a big deal. But whenever I invited him over to my house, um, he would usually say no. And the time that he did come, um, he didn't spend that, as much time as, um, as I would at his, at his house. Matter of fact, his parents came the first time to our house and had a long conversation with my parents to make sure that we were good people and that we weren't going to hurt her son. And um, he ended up staying for like 30 minutes. Like as, when they were done with the conversation, he left with them. And that was the last time he ever came to my house. So um, those are two things that happened to me that really stuck with me. Like, man, like, like I didn't really realize that there was difference between other people until those moments um, in elementary and middle school. Okay, yeah. So for me, I never had any situations like that, but I can just talk off of my background. Um, I come from a very fortunate background. My dad worked super hard, um, both Christian parents. And so I've never necessarily experienced like the racial slurs, but I have experienced times where, so I, I kid you not, this was about three months ago. And I pulled up next to a family friend and I literally rolled down the window to wave and they were like, oh, no, they were like, oh, no, oh, I'm sorry, Freddie, I didn't know it was you. I thought that it was somebody who was trying to shoot us. And when they said that, I was like, okay, wait a second. 
All I wanted to do was roll down the window and just say hi. And all of a sudden you go from thinking that it's somebody who's going to shoot you. And so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today, because I think that there's a lot of stuff. Like if, if you listen to social media too much, social media will rot your brain and social media will think negative, will make you think negative thoughts about a lot of people. And so the first thing I want to tell people is one, stereotyping is the quickest way to to overgeneralize and overanalyze a lot of situations. And and I say that for this reason. Um, As an African-American man, yourself, you're also African-American. We get offended whenever people say, oh, yeah, if if African-American person is successful, they must be a rapper or they must do some illegal criminal activity. And that gets us mad. But what I tell people is, if that gets you mad, then you can't take all of law enforcement and put them in one group of people. You can find bad people in any situation, but to think that because there have been murders that have been committed by law enforcement officers, that all of a sudden it's every law enforcement officer is bad. You can, you can't think, you cannot think like that. That's just illogical thinking. And it's almost hypocritical thinking because if you don't want to get stereotyped in any situation why on earth would you do it to somebody else so that's kind of the first thing that i would tell anybody what do you, how do you feel about that yeah when it comes to that um it's not good to typecast um certain people and say hey because this one person did something and this is a generalization for everybody i think that's unhealthy and not accurate um i think in these cases is i think a really good thing to do is listen to those who are affected um, and hear what, hear their experiences, hear why it hurts them, and um, hear why it may make them feel a certain type of way. And then just try to understand. You're not going to understand everything, but at least start to learn why it bothers, why when these things happen, it bothers them, um, and it makes them feel a type of way, some type of way. Um, and I think that's the first that's the first step to us actually growing and understanding different experiences from different cultures and different backgrounds. Uh, Cause I don't know what it means to be white. Um, sometimes I may need to know, Hey, why do y'all do this? Or why does this happen? Or when this happens, why do you react that way? Um, those are good things to help foster conversation and connectivity and intimacy with, with friends rather than creating distance. So that's and how I think, I and, I, and it's, I love how you said that because that kind of segues into the next point. And it's that I tell people, you have to understand the difference between empathy and understanding. Okay, so empathy is being able to walk a mile in somebody's shoes, while understanding is understanding the situation that they're in. And the the best way I put it is that white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever you are, if you're not a black person, you'll never know what it's like to be a black person, regardless of what past experience you've past experiences you've had, you'll never know what it's like to be a African-American person in America. Same thing on the other end. I'll never know what it's like to be a white person. I'll never know what it's like to be a Hispanic person. And so I can't have empathy in certain situations for that because I'll never know. But what I can do is I can understand why certain things happen. And then from there on, I can learn. I about a month ago, I posted a picture of Emmett Till. And if you want to learn more about Emmett Till, you can Google him. 
it happened in the 1940s and some people think it's the really the foundation of the civil rights movement and so and this is just me being transparent i had a lot of black friends who were like oh yeah everybody should know about emma till everybody should know about who he is um it's so important but i had somebody send me a dm and they actually posted it on their instagram story and they said um I feel so bad that I never knew that this situation happened back in the day. And so that's the point that I'm at. I am not, let me tell you, as a believer in Jesus Christ, I am not somebody who's just going to cast scorn just because people don't want to believe and people don't want to listen or people don't know what I know. Like that's almost like in, in, in hindsight, if you know the Bible in and out because you're a pastor and you go up to a non-believer and he doesn't know the Bible, all of a sudden you get super upset No, you ask questions, you learn, you understand, you enlighten. And that's what I think has to go on in times like these is instead of expecting everybody to know everything, if they don't know, allow them to ask questions, allow yourself to be approachable, allow yourself to ask questions, because the worst thing you can do right now in times like these is say, I'm mad at everybody and I'm not going to take any questions from anybody because I'm too mad and upset. Well, then you're, you're not necessarily being a positive uh, catalyst for change. You're just, you're just hindering the change that could really take place. So that's really one thing that I, I tell people honestly is understand the difference between empathy and understanding. Understand you can't have empathy for everybody, but then also understand that you can have understanding by asking questions and learning. And it goes on the other end. If people want to ask you questions, you have to, you have to be able to answer those questions and help those people learn. You cannot, the, if you are vocal about the issues and people ask you questions and you don't want to answer, you are almost as much of a hindrance as somebody who's making statements who is not up to date on relevant information that's out there. That makes sense. Good. Um, that's good. And I'll just add to that. Um, from personal experiences um, with this whole thing, I've been, I've been available to a whole bunch of people. There's been people from Texas that have been hitting me up. So people here, they've been asking questions. Um, and I don't know every answer, but at the same time, I try to speak on the things that I do know. And I try to educate whenever people ask. And there's been times when it's just been people trying to prove their point. And it's always, imagine two, two bulls running to each other. It's never going to work out. But whenever somebody asks, comes with the, with the attitude of, I want to learn. I don't know what's going on. Help me understand. Those conversations are so enlightening for both of us. And we ended up we end up closer rather than or more distant. So um, you're right, man. I think in this in this situation, it's allowing people to ask questions even if they stumble in their questions, allowing them to say statements even if they sound wrong. Because as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, uh, we're never we're not we're never going to be perfect. We're never going to say everything perfectly. Nothing's going to be packaged perfectly. But love is the is the is the is the bridge that we have to have to be able to have these conversations because we're all different. Um, God never called us to be uniform. He's the one us all to be the same. He wants us to be diverse, but he also wants us to be unified. So the love is the bridge, grace is the bridge, and it allows us to have tough conversations that help us become more one. That's God's vision for all believers, to be one like he and Jesus, like the Father and Jesus were one and are one. So. So let me ask you, do you have like two tips in your opinion you would give for anybody? Like we talked about 
don't stereotype and understand the difference from understanding and empathy. Before we get into the 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 spiritual part, do you have any tips for anybody in when it comes to asking questions in times like these and just trying to get answers and enlightenment? Um yeah, I think I think the point thing is there's so much information being given by um black people in this time. And I think it's important that whatever things, whatever books, whatever podcasts and resources that may be given out to help people understand the experience, I'll just say that's a great first method to learn. So you go on your own journey and learn some things, take notes, agree, disagree with things, put question marks around things that you may read and hear, and then bring it to one of your friends and say, hey, I, I heard this, I listened to this podcast, and this person and it really rubbed me the wrong way. Help me understand your perspective on why you may agree or disagree with this. Um, so doing your history and then um, writing out some questions and trying to have conversation with people from a place of, I've done my homework. Um, and then I think the second thing is, um, don't, don't try to have with um, the, the person that's affected by what's going on, specifically the Ahmaud Arbery killings and George Floyd and Rhonda Taylor, like these things that are happening, don't, don't come to somebody saying, these things are justified. This is why I think the cops should be okay. I think you come with with empathy, with hurt, with with um with mourning and weeping, saying, "Hey, I'm so sorry that this. I know this is affecting you. Um, just help me understand. I think anything that's going to build a bridge is going to allow for healthy and honest dialogue. Um, that's what you want. You don't have to agree with everything, but be willing to learn." and um, be able to be open to, to learning after that conversation. Yeah, no. And, and I think that that's great from, from that perspective, because you know what I I've, I've learned in these times that like, I like, I'm a very transparent person. Um, I say it like it is. I try to be as honest as possible. I don't, I don't really care about the backlash, but these times are different. And, and what I mean by that is it's not hindering from me being who I need to be. But it's like, for example, like we have police brutality, racism, COVID, so many things going on. And so you do not want to be the person who, because like if, if you and me have all these conversations all the time, and that's one thing. But for example, if we talk about like the police brutality, for somebody to say, oh, yeah, well, those certain guys were asking for it. Well, what if you come up to somebody and all of a sudden they're like, well, you know what? My cousin wasn't asking for it when he got killed by law enforcement officers. Or somebody from COVID when you're like, man, this COVID thing is a joke. And they're like, well, you know what? It's not a joke that my mom died of it. So I, I think it, it goes to what you're saying where it's like, if people have been affected by it, just, just spend more time listening than trying to get your point across. And, and I think that goes with all of the issues going on today. I, I, one of the things that we had a peaceful rally that started at Snellville First Baptist. And one of the things I loved is that when the um, pastor of operations, uh, Brandon Roscoe, came in, he was talking to the kids. And one of, the, one of the things that really gave me goosebumps is he looked at them and he said, anything we can do to help will help. And he said, I personally will never know what it's like to be in that situation. And so when you hear that, that's somebody who I believe not only understands what's going on, 
but you can also you can almost confide in those people and talk to those people because those people understand that because they're not affected they're not the ones saying well i think that if they did this or if they did that they would be okay no they're like okay i know that it's different i know that it'll always be different so in what way can i show god's love to you in this situation that's kind of where i want to segue into the last part is how do we show love in all of this? And that's not just a question I'm asking. Like people legitimately, people legitimately want to know. Cause I, I tell, I'll tell you the two scriptures that I look at is Ecclesiastes one nine. And it says that nothing, nothing's new under the sun. So these issues of overuse of power of racism and all that stuff has been around for a long period of time. But then in John 13, 34 and 35, it says, love others as I have loved you. And I'll tell you from a personal experience, um, right now is tough for somebody like me. And what do I mean by somebody like me? As an African-American believer in Jesus Christ, it's tough because first and foremost, you're a believer and you want to show love. But as some, as an earthly African-American person, you see what's going on in the media and you see what's going on in the news and it does make you feel some type of way. And so this has been a struggle for me and I, and I tell people that all the time, but I know that at the end of the day, if you show God's love through all of this, it'll allow people to understand that, Hey, the world is not all is not filled with just people who hate each other. The world is not filled with um, law enforcement. Like we have law enforcement officers at our church and I feel safe and secure when I talk to them day in and day out, I don't have any issues with them. So it's like, how do you show, how do you help people in these situations on how to love and how to show God's love in your life during the times that we're going through? Um, the scripture that comes to my mind um, is Romans 12, verse nine. I'm going to read a little bit, um, but I think this is a great um, passage for us as Christians to help us navigate through hard waters because the Bible doesn't speak directly to every single situation in the world. There's just principles that we can apply to things that are nuanced and that we don't usually see in the scriptures. But um, in Romans 12, Paul tells the Roman church this about any situation with outsiders and inside the church. He says, let love be genuine, so let it be authentic. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection, do one another showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. That last one, verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Um, I believe if the church or our student ministry uses the, this opportunity to weep with those who are weeping, to mourn with those who are mourning, to hurt with those who are hurting, um, then we, are, we will be able to engage you know, in places where people that may not know God, may not have any hope, we may be able to have an opportunity to share that there is hope through Christ. Because Jesus died and put every single sin, past, present, and future on his back. So when we place our faith and trust in him, 
we know that he, he knows our pain because he went through pain so we can have salvation. And we know that he's saying not to run away from pain, don't push pain away, but he has taken it all on himself so we can be able to have a relationship with him. Yeah. So we know this and we're able to show that to other people. This is the opportunity for people that are different than us, that may not understand, to be able to be connected to God in a real way. So I believe that's the marching orders for every believer. When we're trying to be distant and we're trying to stiff arm people that don't have our views, it further keeps the gospel from moving forward. It further keeps God's love um, for, um, from entering into a situation that wouldn't normally be a, a situation where people would experience love. So I think Romans 12, verse 9 through 15 are, is a perfect um, marching order for all Christians to, to jump into the game and, and love people that are struggling. Um, people that don't have hope, um, they need hope. And we can show it by our empathy and our love and our care for them, even if we don't fully understand. Okay. Yeah, and so it, it, it's great that you say that because like at, some people know I, I'm involved. Um, I help like certain political clients get into office and stuff like that. And one thing I was telling Trent and Philip and some of the guys at the church is that it's weird right now when it comes to issues of racism, when it comes to politics, when it comes to a lot of stuff, it's like people have this switch that they, okay, I'm going to talk about this and then I'm going to be a Christian. And I'm going to talk about this some more and then I'm going to be a Christian. And it's like what you were saying, when you don't show the love of Jesus Christ in your life and you don't love others as I have loved you and you don't, you're not trying to be a living sacrifice like Romans 12, one and two says, all you're doing is pushing people away in this sense. And so I'd urge anybody who's watching this, don't necessarily just try to disagree with what's going on. Don't necessarily just try to agree with what's going on. Try to figure out how you can show God's love in all this. Because at the end of the day, I tell, I tell people the joke is there's, there's, three, there's three universal equalizers. There's sports, there's music, and there's God's love. But clearly, one of them is more powerful than the other two. And so... <laughs> And so that's what I tell people all the time is that this right now more than ever is the time to show God's love. And so you do that through listening, you do that through understanding, you do that through throwing, showing empathy in, in what you, in, if you can relate to it. And then you do it by not hurting or bruising anybody's emotions who's been affected by it, but just listening, understanding and see, hey, how can I show God's love in this situation? So Gideon, like always, it was great talking to you guys. This is another episode of Real Talk, today's issues through God's word. We hope you have a great day and God bless.